an AppleViz original. Hi there, and welcome to AppleViz Extra. This is episode number 93. My name is Dave Nason. So for the past few months, something that's been huge in the news is OpenAI and ChatGPT and all this AI development that's happening. And a part of that news within our own community has been an announcement from Beam by Eyes that they are developing a virtual volunteer using this technology, which is really, really exciting and really, really interesting. So today I am delighted to be joined by Hans-Jorgen Weiberg and Mike Buckley of Be My Eyes. Hans is a founder of the company Be My Eyes and Mike is the CEO. So it's great to get these guys in for a chat about what Be My Eyes is, its history and very much its future in this virtual volunteer space. So without further ado, let's jump into the conversation. Okay, so let's jump in. Hans and Mike, it's great to have you here. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you for having us. Yes, thank you. How are you guys today? Hans, I didn't want to jump on you, but I'm I'm great, David. Um, I'm looking forward to this conversation. And, uh, and I, I think every day, Hans and I look forward to getting up in the morning to kind of play with this product and figure out more ways we can use it, you know? <clears throat> that's right. And uh, today is Monday, and I, I love to start my Mondays like this. So that's wonderful. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Great stuff. Hans, I think I was looking back and it looks like the last time we had yourselves on, and I think it was you, Hans, was back in 2015. So that shows Be My Eyes have been around a long time. Do you want to tell us, before we get into the virtual volunteer and all the new stuff that's going on, a bit about the history of uh, Be My Eyes, when you founded it, why, what it was all about? <clears throat> well, I'm happy to do that. Um Yes, um, I, I'm wishing to had myself. Uh, I think that's a, that's a big part of it. And uh, I was working for the Danish Blind Federation um, and uh, I, of course, met a lot of uh, other uh, blind and low vision people. Um, and uh, the iPhone was uh, just coming around. Um, this was back in 2012. Um, and, and one of my friends was uh, using uh, FaceTime when he needed to, to see something uh, and there was no other around. And then at some point he said, but I always have to call someone. And I was thinking, well, we can make a group you can call. It can't be that difficult. Uh, I'm not a tech guy at all, as you can hear. Um, and I had no clue how to make an app or anything. But I was kind of intrigued by this idea. And, and uh, I, yeah, so somehow uh, it's a long story. Uh, but I did manage to get a, a group around this idea. And, and we, we started to raise the money and we started to build uh, the prototype. And then in 2015, uh, we were able to, uh, to actually launch uh, the first version of Be My Eyes, and we were completely blown away by the interest, both from the volunteers, but uh, and more importantly, also from uh, blind and low vision people. Uh, so within a very few days, we had uh, more than 1,000 uh, blind and low vision people signed up and 10,000 volunteers. And within a week, we had uh, 100,000 and 10,000 <laughs> uh, blind people. So, so we were, and we were not at all uh, prepared for this. So it was um, a very amazing uh, uh, start that we got there. Uh, and uh, ever since, uh, it has evolved. And uh, I think we are very close to uh, having onboarded uh, half a million uh, blind and low vision people across the globe and uh, six and a half million uh, volunteers which is um, 
pretty amazing when you think about it, we have never spent any money on on, on marketing so it is uh, people telling about uh, it on on Facebook and uh, in in the community um, and that's what I'm super super proud about that we have been able to spread um, truly globally uh, I think it's only in in a few uh, countries where we are not uh, operating uh, otherwise you can use uh, be my nice in uh, every country and uh, basically, in every uh, language, I know this is not true, but we we can provide help in uh, almost two hundred uh, languages. Uh, I know there's thousands <laughs> when you go into all the dialects and so on, but but still, uh, I think we we cover ninety nine percent of the people uh, in this world with the language that we do have. So um, so that's kind of the the short version. That's incredible. Like, and yeah, the best ideas come from that. I would think, isn't it? Like you just discovered a problem and you know light bulb moment and the next yeah thing. exactly and for yeah the for the uninitiated what exactly is that core offering it is simply a video call yeah that's a blind original yes. person can <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe we should explain that um it is it's, it's a super simple concept where you as a blind person you have this app on your phone and then let's say you are in your kitchen and you have this can of something and then you take the phone out and you press the button and uh, we will send out a notification to uh, 20, I believe, once volunteers, because we don't know what they are doing. And the first volunteer to say yes, then we make a live video connection between uh, the blind person and the volunteer. And the volunteer will be looking through your phone, uh, the back uh, facing camera. And you simply point the the phone at whatever you need the volunteer to see, uh, uh, and and that's that's it. And uh, and we have many calls that are actually in in the kitchen, and and uh, maybe they last for fifteen seconds. Have I set my oven to three hundred degrees? Yes, you have. Okay, thank you so much. And that's it. Um, and that's exactly what you need as a blind person in, in that situation. Uh, it can also be uh, longer, and it can be very long calls as well. <laughs> Um, but but most of the calls are like uh, three minutes or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it is an incredible range of things that you can use it for. Like I've used it many times for things like that in the kitchen. But I also used it when my hat blew off and I was walking up the street and I couldn't find my hat. <laughs> or did my, you manage to find it? I did. I did. Okay, and, great. <laughs> and I had one a few weeks ago. Uh, I knocked one of my earbuds out of my ear, which is a tricky situation and it had rolled off a little bit and uh, the volunteer yeah. was fantastic and she was very very patient and um, we eventually tracked it down oh that's wonderful thank you <laughs> <laughs> Mike how about yourself when did you come on board and, and what's your own role well I, uh, I I was an investor in Be My Eyes starting in 2018 and I joined the board and um, I, I um, you know Hans is a very humble person um, but you know the the dent that that he's made on the world with this service and this application is pretty enormous when you think about it. And um, I was always enamored with the fact that what he did was he merged technology and human kindness to solve a problem, um, and it works beautifully. Ninety um, percent of the calls are successful. Uh, it's not higher because there are often telecom issues or technology issues. Uh, most of the calls average three minutes in length, uh, but as Hans said, um, some of them are longer. I read a woman um, five or six holiday cards and described the pictures on them uh, from her various family members around uh, the holiday season this year, and that was one of my favorite calls I've ever had. Um, and uh, 
And so I was just, I was really just intrigued by um, not only the, again, the, the te technological linkage with kindness, but also the opportunity to potentially build a business uh, around this product and ensure that, that the products and services remain free for people who are blind and low vision globally. So, um, so I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm, I'm incredibly thankful to Hansper for, uh, for giving me a fun place to play every day. <laughs> <laughs> that does actually lead into that an interesting piece because this is completely free to use to the to the the blind or low vision user at the end of the day. It's true, and 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 the the reason is uh, basically on the very first weekend when when I uh, uh, got my my team together uh, the first time we we decided that it should be free because we could we could we we looked at the numbers. And we can see that the ninety percent of the the blind people in this world they live in India and Africa and China, um, and uh, of course some of those people will be able to pay, but most of those people uh, might get an, a smartphone and and maybe they get uh, uh, access to the uh, neighbor's Wi-Fi or something like that. But we cannot charge them ten dollars a month or anything. Uh, so we we simply decided that the site should be free. Also, because it's volunteers who are actually doing the work, um, and, and that has, uh, and I'm really, really proud that we have been able to to maintain that. Um, and and Mike can tell you uh, how we do it, um, but but it is a, a core value within Be My Eyes that this uh, service should be free, and hopefully also uh, the other service that we will uh, add on uh, over time. So. In the, in the the other thing that Hans and others have educated me on, David, and you you probably know this, is um, even outside of China, India, or Africa, um, you just take North America, and seventy percent of people who are blind and low vision are either underemployed or unemployed. And so, you know, I think that there's there's enough economic and other stress on people who are blind or low vision without sort of trying to charge them for basic human necessities, right? And so. Look, you never say never, right? I mean, we, we're never going to say 100 years from now it's, we're guaranteeing freedom, but we will do everything in our power to continue to make sure these services are, are free for the community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's great to hear. And actually, it's funny, um, when you talk about the numbers using it, um, anytime I tell sighted friends and family about Be My Eyes, one of the first things they do is go, how do I join up as a volunteer? And then they come to me a few months later and go, I haven't got any calls yet. Why? <laughs> it's it's an issue because we do have this imbalance in the community, right? Between a, roughly a half a million people who are blind and low vision and an astonishing 6.5 million volunteers, which we're pretty sure is the the largest digital volunteer organization in the world. But you're right, David. It's it's If you look at the data, when you talk to the volunteers after they've made a call, they talk about it as the best day of their week, right? Um, and it's 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 awesome. And so, um, you know, but we're doing more to try to route more calls and increase uh, increase volumes there, and to, to 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 take care of the volunteer community as well as the blind community. Yeah. And I think us on the blind community side, it's like encouraging people to use the service because it's very you can feel nervous maybe about calling it someone you don't know. Um, and it's actually just, I think once you start using the service, you realize, oh, no, this is fantastic. But making that first call, maybe there might be people who have the app but haven't actually used it yet. It's such an important observation, David. And, and, you're, and you're, your point is backed up by data. So we did a survey of our, our community 
And there were four reasons, the, the top four reasons that they said, you know, I, why they didn't make a call were first was, I don't want to take a volunteer away from someone else who might need them more. Right. Which speaks volumes about the, the humanity of our community. Right. But, uh, and also that we need to do a better job of saying, no, we've got plenty of volunteers. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> um, the second is there's some head hesitancy about calling a stranger, right? Or even a paid agent. It's like what we hear from people is, well, what if I haven't made my bed or my house is messy? Or maybe I just don't want a, another, you know, a human being in my living room. Um, and so that, that stranger piece is there. Um, there's always some concern before we educate people about whether it's fully free of charge or available 24 seven. And then the, um, the fourth reason that was most interesting, I think to Hanson me was, um, some people say, well, if I have to call a person, it makes me feel a little less independent. Right. Mm. Uh, which was an interesting learning for us. Um, but so, um, you're right. We, we have a continuous job of education to, to, to do to say that this is free, safe, effective, right? And actually it can be, it can be nice to call the stranger sometimes on the other side, I would say to people, because you feel like you're bothering your family a lot sometimes. So to be able to actually do something independently or semi-independently, however you want to describe it, by getting help through somebody else can actually be a relief as well. Yeah. Um, and then when you get into, I guess, Mike, this is probably where you came in as well, is around the specialised help and you know, you're saying BMIS is it's a voluntary, it's free uh, to use to the to the end user, but I'm sure it's not free to run. So there had to be some some way of uh, of generating income, and uh, I guess specialized help is a big part of that. Exactly, and what specialized help is for those that don't know is we partner with uh, companies, customer service centers to enable uh, successful video calls, one way video calls between uh, blind and low vision and their customer service. So. Microsoft, Google, Barilla Pasta, Procter & Gamble, Spotify. Um, these are all companies that we work with um, who kind of pay us a yearly fee to help make their customer service center um, uh, not only more accessible, but better connected to, to, the, to the blind and low vision community. And, um, and the product it works well and it's successful and we have a very high renewal rate and we're growing well. And David, for any... Um, uh, companies that might be listening to this, call us. We want to work with you. Absolutely. Yeah, it is great. I mean, if you, you know, you're having a bit of trouble with your computer or something to be able to actually show the person that message on the screen that isn't reading with JAWS or whatever the case may be, or the lights on the broadband router that you can't see, you know, those kinds of things. One of the things that that is uh, pretty amazing is that that when you are using Be My Act to make these calls, uh, we can route them to uh, those agents uh, who know about uh, being uh, blind or what, what product we are using and so on. And, and those uh, few agents, they get all the calls from Be My Eyes uh, because it can be really, really frustrating for a uh, normal agent, so to speak, uh, to get these calls from blind people. Uh, and, and they don't really want that. But but uh, we, we have this dedicated uh, small group of agents at uh, like uh, Microsoft and Google and so on. Um, and and, uh, and they have gotten uh, thousands of calls through Be My Eyes. So, I mean, even before you, you call them, they, they instruct what you're going to ask them um, and how to answer that question because they have done it many times. And that is also both for the companies, but also for uh, us as blind and low vision people, uh, a huge benefit. Definitely, yeah. We've all probably been that customer who has called a company with a tech problem or 
whatever other issue it might be and trying to explain no but I can't see <laughs> and yeah, yeah. Can't a screen reader what is that <laughs> yeah. so getting through to people who yeah who understand is absolutely um, great and yeah it's great to see that that's growing and I think you've other you've other corporate uh, tie-ins as well that people might be interested to know about yeah, um, we have a really interesting product where we can enable uh, a team or even an entire company to have dedicated a dedicated day or a dedicated two-hour period, for example, where their employees can answer calls as volunteers. So it's a we call it our corporate volunteering product, but it's um, it's a wonderful team building exercise. It's a it's a lesson in accessibility, and the feedback we have from our corporate customers like. Instacart, Salesforce, Oracle, you name it. We have a, a, a number of these customers is that um, it's a great bonding and learning session for these employees. And so um, it's a very fun product, not only in terms of um, the fact that the people enjoy it, but in terms of educating, uh, you know, th- these companies on on these issues. And so um, that's a, that's an exciting product for us as well. Yeah, that's really good because I, I think a lot of companies more and more now are doing kind of corporate days where corporate volunteering days and things like that as well. So to be able to tie into that kind of culture would be, would be great. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's connecting, you know, with another human also, right? So it, it, there, there was a guy at Oracle who said, look, I, I took my team and, and we, um, we made sandwich bags for the homeless and that was important to do and we'll continue to do that. But the power of the, of the Be My Eyes corporate volunteering experience was, is it's, it's human to human, right? It's a connection. It's one-on-one uh, for all of the team members. And so it was very meaningful for him. And also some of the companies, they have their employees spread all over uh, the country and then half of them is working from home and all that. Uh, but but with, with this kind of uh, volunteering, uh, it doesn't matter where you are. Uh, and and you can have some uh, Slack channel running uh, where people are sharing their experience and so on. And, and and that's also what we have been seeing, and, and that's uh, yeah, just an, an amazing experience for everybody to uh, to be watching. Def- definitely, yeah, sounds really cool. Um, on the technology side, I suppose one of the areas I'm finding really interesting when it comes to these kinds of apps, depending on the scenario, sometimes I'm like, I wish I didn't have to hold my phone out as I walk down the street. Do you know that kind of thing? Are you guys looking at wearables at all? Um, or being, you know, having your software on wearables. I know it's a, still a bit of a early days in that market, but. Absolutely, David. Um, you know, Hans and I have talked about this a lot and he and I both believe that the future is certainly going to be on a wearable device, right? And so I hope it's only two years, it may be four or five years, but our vision, and I think the vision for kind of the broader industry is um, a beautiful um, looking and operating wearable that serves as your kind of digital visual assistant for whenever you want it, right? Walking down the street, navigation, product identification, expiration dates, you name it. Um, as you said, David, to, to keep your hands free. And so not only do we think that the market is going there, um, we're pushing in that direction. We have some uh, early partnerships with Envision and uh, Celeste. Um, and um, there's a small company in Cupertino who I call every two months to say, if you're going to do something, we want to work with you. <laughs> um, um, and, uh, you know, we think Apple will, will certainly be in this game at some point um, and other other large. And, you know, we're going to be agnostic on which wearable, but we our job is to make sure that we have 
unbelievably good software that can go on the wearable and unbelievably good kind of user interface and experience, right? And then I think the third thing that we want to make sure we always offer to whether it's a wearable manufacturer or the community at large is the opportunity to roll over a call or roll over assistance to a volunteer human in case the technology is failing or not giving you what you want. 100%. Yeah. I think that's uh, it's definitely an area that's going to grow in the next yeah few years. So it'll be really interesting. At the moment, it's a bit price prohibitive for a lot of people, I think. But um, as always, these things become become more exp- or more affordable. Yeah, we're with you. Hans always says, until we can get this down to sort of a sub $500 price point, it's never going to have real adoption, right? Yeah. Um, and so, but I think the market will go there. I think it's, it's fair to say, uh, if it is not uh, financially accessible, then it doesn't matter how accessible it is. Yes. Um, uh, so, so that is something that we are really uh, looking into. Uh, if, if we can, uh, yeah, bring it down to a price point where uh, a large can can be part of it. The other expansion technology-wise that sometimes pops into my mind when I'm trying to achieve something is if I could share my screen, whether that's on my laptop or on my phone, is that sort of a, a whole different area to what Be My Eyes do, or is that something you've considered? Oh, we would love to do that, but we also hesitate a little bit uh, because uh, it is a stranger that you are talking to. Um, so so we have to be a little careful about uh, sharing the screen and, and giving... Uh, volunteers option to do things on your phone and so on so so it, it's not like it's not a, a slam dunk to, to, to do that but, but it is something that we would love to to be able to do uh, absolutely I was thinking maybe on the the specialized help might be where it would be appropriate rather than yeah mm, yeah. Sorry, and, yeah and mm. and, and, and we can do that uh, via the specialized help technology but David also this is where the AI virtual volunteer could be incredibly powerful right yeah yeah um, you know, if you can, if I can show you my screen, even without sharing it, just through the AI, it can be useful from a diagnostic perspective in terms of solving problems. Definitely. And that gets into exactly where I was going to go now, which is tell us about the virtual volunteer, please. Well, I, I know that you've played with it, David, so I will try and um, limit my use of hyperbole or how great it is to, to hear what you have to say rather than what I have to say. But what it is, is it is an uh, artificial intelligence that provides visual assistance pretty quickly and remarkably accurately over time. And so the user takes a photograph of anything and then can ask any question about what's in the picture. And what's different about this than the tools that are currently available on the market, many of which are great, by the way, um, and Microsoft is someone we work with a lot and seeing AI is seeing AI is wonderful. But David, as I think you can you can you can share better than we can, the image recognition is just superior mm-hmm. on this product. Um, that's number one. Number two, there's an analytical layer um, that is just more powerful and deeper, right? You can identify not just a dog, but the breed of the dog, not just sunglasses, but the brand of sunglasses. Mm-hmm. Um um, and so it's it's a, a deeper contextual understanding. The one we talk about a lot is you can not only take a picture of your refrigerator and get told what's in it, but you can ask, what can I make for dinner based on those ingredients? Um, and so the third thing is you can converse with it, right? You can ask more follow-up questions to kind of get the information 
that you need, which is which is a wonderful addition to, to kind of just technological um, proficiency here, right? Um, and then the last one is that it, it it we provide an opportunity for the session with the virtual volunteer to roll over to an actual volunteer if you want to double check or if the technology is not you know answering the question that you want it to. And so um, enough of me you know, spouting out about this, David, I know you've used the tool. I'd love to hear what your impressions are. Yeah, I think, and bear in mind, I'm always aware it's still in beta and already we've seen quite a lot of development, I think, in the in the several weeks that we've been in beta um, and improvements. Um, I think, yeah, on, on certain types of um, of inquiries, it's, it's incredible, like compared to something like seeing AI or Lookout. And that's, again, not to put those tools down, but like you take a picture of a leaflet and they will do their best to kind of read the text on the leaflet, but somehow uh, being be my eyes sort of puts it into the right order and it reads it kind of as a, I don't know if I'm explaining that well, but it kind of contextualizes it a little better. And it's the fact that you can ask those follow-up questions. I think that's key. So you take a photo, it might tell you that's a picture of a garden with a shed and a tree. You can kind of then go back, okay, what color is the shed? Or how many people are in the photo? Or, you know, I mean, ask those follow-up questions, I think is the key part. Yeah. Hans, do you want to tell the story about the couple and their bird? Um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was kind of an amazing thing because they, they couldn't uh, get the bird uh, back into the gate. And they were using this to uh, find out where the bird were. And then they could actually go and, <laughs> and get the bird. And, and that is kind of an amazing thing. Um, of course, the bird had not to move <laughs> in the meantime, uh, but apparently it didn't. So, um, but, but that is also, if you, if you take a picture of something on, on a shelf and then you can like ask, uh, okay, where, uh, where is the, that exact item on the shelf? And they will say um, it's, it's on the right corner or the, the second shelf from, from the top down or something like that. Um, and, and you cannot do that with, with, uh, with other ways to have a picture described, um, and, and, uh, you can ask, uh, details, uh, into, uh, okay, what kind of, uh, uh, bottle is this and, 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 uh, can you describe the, the text and, and, uh, it doesn't look old or new or, or all, all these kind of things that you can, you can, uh, you have a specific, uh, interest in, into, uh, something, um, and then you can kind of guide the uh, virtual volunteer to to answer the question that you have about this. Yeah, and I've used it really successfully in the home with things like the kitchen. And for example, like I could take a pizza box, like you know, an open pizza box. What what kind of pizza is this? It is might be what I get from the first picture. Then I can say, okay, how do I cook it? What are the nutritional? What is the nutritional information? And it, it get giving me all that information. You know what I mean in a very plain English. Or I used it on a leaflet that came in the door from a restaurant. Again, the initial picture tells me this is restaurant X and their address maybe. But then again, mm. I can say, okay, well, what's on the menu? And that gives me categories and say, oh, tell me more about the burgers. You know, and I was able to keep, it was like a conversation, really, really was, where I was yeah, yeah. asking what mm. I wanted to know. And you could even reverse back and go, okay, that's enough about the burgers. Tell me about the pizzas. And it would tell And it would stay polite. So, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it's kind of funny when when you're using it that it is it, so it, it it kind of tries to be uh, very 
human and and uh, and says, "Oh, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't get that," or something like that. And and so it, it uh, that, that's kind of a, a funny side of it that, that it, it kind of tries to, yeah, uh, be very human. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any other um, examples that have come in? So the the one that blew me away was we took a picture of a detailed map of the the railway system in India. And then we just asked, you know, how do I get from Bangalore to Delhi? And it told us, it told us like what lines, you know, what specific train lines you had to take to get there. And, you know, when, when we witness something like that, it just makes you think that the, the potential here is nearly limitless um, because of the, the ability to kind of uh, not only quote unquote, see the world, but interpret it, right? And uh, that layer of context and analytical understanding is just, it's potentially remarkable. You know, I, I, I'm very wary of the AI hype cycle uh, right now, but, um, but we're, we're, we're so optimistic about the potential right now. To what extent is it using the image and to what extent does it, in certain cases, go off onto the web and find more information or does it do that? It, it, That's it, a very interesting question. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> because we, we, we do experience sometimes that it is uh, making things up and, and it kind of have a standard version of something and, and then it, it kind of sticks to that even if you ask it to describe something very specific. Um, and, and, and there is some, uh, you, you can turn up and down uh, 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 some, uh, uh, I don't know what it's called in English, uh, but, but, but you, you can make it more or less um the, the heat, I think they call it. Um, and, and, and that's something that we are experimenting with, um, how colorful should it be, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and because it is kind of, um, I remember one of the examples I have been using a lot is uh, the remote control. But that is actually a thing that it is really bad at because it, it's apparently it has a very fixed picture of what a remote control is and that's what it will tell you yeah and then um so that that's kind of a, a, a strange one because i would think it's it's pretty damn easy to kind of describe the buttons but but it it, it seemed to be kind of fixated on uh the the general type of uh, a remote control so so uh, and and that's one of the things that i would like us to if we could kind of prompt it to uh kind of stay to the picture so to speak uh, yeah I had that remote I tried it on my remote control and it just um, even when I tried telling it this is a sky glass remote control it still was like no there's no there's no voice button there and I was like there is I know there is <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and that that's kind of strange but 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 that and that is uh, I mean we we always have to remember that this is a uh, computer and and um yeah, it, it it has uh, its way of doing things, and and, and we need to know that, uh, and that's also why we 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 have prompted it to. Uh, uh, if there is doubt, then it will ask you to call a volunteer uh, to make sure, uh, and that that's super super important, especially in the beginning. Uh, hopefully, it will improve, so we don't need to do that all the time. But but in the beginning, it's very important that you make that uh, call to a volunteer if it is something that's uh, important to you. So. I think that we, 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 you can envision a future in the, in the, and it's not very distant in the future though, where the tool will not only be able to access the entirety of the web, right? So just beyond, you know, beyond the picture, but also 
you know, hey, where can I buy that shampoo, right? Um, what's a price? Um, and we think where this goes, not only on a wearable, is the image recognition will eventually go to real-time video recognition, will eventually go to helping you, you know, shop for things, mm-hmm. for example, um, and actually, you know, purchase um, um, items. And so, um, you know, the crux of your question is, is it mostly image-based now? And the answer is yes. Um, and a lot of that is for kind of safety and test reasons, but long-term, you know, we believe the entirety of the web and all the tools that you can, you can utilize on the web will be able to be utilized within virtual volunteer as well. Yeah. And I think even in the short term, we'll, we're learning as we're using it, um, what is it good at and what is it less confident at maybe. And it does even tell you, I'm not, I'm not fully confident on this. So, you you know, like you say, and it encourages you to call a volunteer. And those are the things that I absolutely know I can trust it gets this right every time and it's great, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And actually that, that brings up a question that I genuinely don't know. I haven't used a lot of the chat GPT and all that kind of stuff. So to what extent is BBIOS doing something specific, if that makes sense, on with this technology here um, versus going to, say, the chat GPT website? Yeah. Good question. There, there are four things. The first is that um, the visual recognition tool is not currently available on ChatGPT, right? So we're the we're the only test partner currently for um, for the visual product. So you can't get that on ChatGPT. I think the second thing is we're really trying to to bring and to continuously design um, a user interface, right? That is intuitive, makes sense, is fun. Obviously, uses voiceover uh, for for our community. Um, and so that, that user experience and interface, it, we think is going to be incredibly important. Yeah. Um, I think the third thing that we bring is we, we understand like few others, um, the use cases that are important to our community, right? If you think about the history of Be My Eyes, we have 4 million calls that have been made for volunteer assistance in the past. And so we have some good context about what are likely use cases and important use cases for the community. And that in turn is helping us work with OpenAI to train their models on those use cases and make make the, the results stronger. Um, and then the fourth thing, the final one that we bring is obviously the ability to roll over the session to uh, a human volunteer when the need presents itself. Yeah, I think they're all, they're all crucial. Um, and it's a great opportunity for us as a community, really, isn't it? That you say you're the first test, we're the first test partner, uh, BMOs is um, for this image recognition because obviously we wanted to work well for our community and the, the power it potentially has for us. It's, it's, Hans always says it's, it's nice to see blind and low vision leading in the forefront on the development of this. You know, so many people have told us, I am, I'm sick and tired of people, you know, thrusting technology upon me or doing something for me. No, don't do it for me. Do it with me. Right. And so that's the importance of the beta test is, you know, we have a very, very firm commitment that we're going to continue to develop and iterate on this product with people who are blind and low vision to make it better. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that, I mean, anyone who works with me knows I, I love my UX and my <laughs> customer experience, <laughs> my, uh, user experience. I think it's so important these days. So, um, yeah, having that within the app, I definitely does do think I definitely do see the, uh, the advantage. There's probably quite a lot of listeners already on the beta waitlist and probably several more who are going to jump on the waitlist as soon as they've finished listening to this. So um, do you have any indication of kind of how that 
beta program is moving along. It's kicked off. Uh, there's a limited beta has kicked off already, but uh, people are probably wondering, yeah, when when will they be able to get their hands on it if they're on the wait list? Good question. In the next couple of weeks, we're going to expand in 200s. Um, um, again, it will still be a, a relatively limited beta. Um, I think that we hope that general availability of this for the entirety of our community will happen in Q3 of this year. I would probably say later in Q3 rather than earlier. And the reason for that, David, is even though we're so excited and want to put this in people's hands quickly, we absolutely have to really test everything we can about safety and accuracy. Um, you know, responsible deployment here is everything. Um, and and particularly for our community, we're always going to prioritize safety above everything else. And so I hope, I hope towards the end of Q3, we roll this out. But in the interim, we will be expanding into into hundreds in the near future. That's great to hear. Yeah, no, you're right. I mean, you have to you have to do it sensibly. Ultimately, the other thing, sorry, that comes up sometimes, people around this technology would be around privacy. Is there anything different here versus you know a volunteer? You know, when you join Be My Eyes, even with the as a, in the volunteer program, there's a terms and conditions that you accept around um, what you share on your camera. Is there anything different when it comes to virtual volunteer? So in the short term, you know, the data from these sessions is going to be shared with us in OpenAI to make the tool work better, right? Um, we, it's really important for us to see failure or inaccuracy. And so that data will be shared in the short term. Um, in the mid to long term, we, we envision that these sessions will remain completely private. And what what excites us and gives us hope there is what OpenAI has done with the broader development community is they have already stated that the sharing of data from the development community on any of those sessions will be done on an opt-in basis only, right? So OpenAI is not going to force us or anybody else to, to share data from these sessions, which is, which is really exciting. Now, we have to make a thoughtful strategic decision here, right? Because if we store data or share the data with OpenAI, it might make the tool work better for people, right? And so that's going to be a delicate balancing act. Um, my belief is that in the midterm, though, these sessions will be will be kept completely private and the data won't be shared because the tool will improve rapidly. But the number one thing that we're committed to is absolute transparency there in terms of what we do or don't do with the data. That's fair. <laughs> but it, it, it's very, uh, if, if you are a research tester, it's very important to, to know that uh, these these uh, uh, animation will be uh, uh, processed and, and looked at and, and all that simply because we, we want to learn as much as we can in, in this uh, beta testing period. Uh, but after that, then uh, it will be uh, a whole other uh, ball game uh, and we will uh, try to make it uh, as private as you wish, uh, and, and, and that's one. So, so that, uh, as Mike says, but it's important to know that uh, in in the beta test, uh, it, it's pretty uh, open, and and then uh, everybody involved will be uh, trying to to learn from the session that is happening. So. Yeah, and I know myself in the beta test. Sometimes, whether it goes well or whether there's a mistake along the way, I'm kind of currently thinking, oh, I hope they're actually able to see this because I wanted to get better, you know? <clears throat> yeah. But if you have one that we should look at, uh, uh, feel free to, uh, uh, yeah, send us a note and and we will uh, we will look at, into it. Absolutely. Great stuff. Great stuff. It's uh, it's really exciting, guys. Um, I'm, I 
you know, people throw have been throwing around the word game changer, and I really think this technology uh, it's become cliched, but it really is. Um, it has incredible applications. I think um, this feature when uh, when people get their hands on it, it's um, there's just so many yeah applications that are you just get so much accuracy and so much more context and the conversational factor. So yeah, really exciting. Is there anything else you guys want to want to say before we wrap up or? I, well, we want to thank you, David, for being a part of the the beta test program and and continuing to give us feedback. Um, number one, uh, the, the the only other thing I would like to say before turning it over to Hans is, um, you know, the mission of Be My Eyes is to make the world more accessible for the 250 plus million people who are blind and low vision globally, um, and we take that responsibility incredibly seriously. Um, and so the, the commitment that we'll give to the community is not only that we're going to try to do this for free and we're going to try to do this responsibly, but we're going to work every day to kind of make these tools kind of more powerful for people and, uh, and, and help our community, you know, make the choices that they want to make to better kind of navigate their world and environment. <clears throat> we, we have touched on it a little bit, but, but I, I still think it, it's pretty amazing that, uh, Maybe not the very first time, but uh, this is very uh, rare that uh, the blind community is in the absolute front of uh, what is happening and what is on everybody's mind. Uh, and and uh, this is also very, uh, I mean, we, we have to do it right and uh, we have to be do it uh, carefully, but, but we are also very, very proud that, that we are part of this uh, and we can bring uh, the hopefully the, the whole blind community uh, in on this uh, journey. Um, and uh, it's it looking really promising. And, and, and one of the things that, that I really hope that this will turn into is a whole new way of using your computer where you can simply talk to your computer and your, maybe uh, make your smart speaker into a computer um, and pretty much do everything just by... Uh, talking to it because what has um surprised me is how well it understands uh i mean uh, I, i'm not even an english uh, native speaker uh, and it understands me perfectly <laughs> and even if i spell wrong which i do very often uh it it, it under unless it's really wrong <laughs> but it understands uh, what i mean um, even if I don't uh, say it correctly and all that, and that, and so so it it has so much potential, um, and also um, um, my my version is uh, answering me in things, um, which is also, and I can ask in English and it will uh, answer me in Danish, and and the other way around, and and that's also pretty pretty amazing and and super important when you have 185 different uh, languages. Uh, and I mean, if it if it can do it in in Danish, <laughs> then it can do it in uh, most of our uh, languages, which is also something I think it's pretty amazing from day one. If we can uh, make this work uh, in in so many different languages, then we can really help the global community with a uh, technology that is uh, absolutely second to none. Uh, so that's uh, very exciting. And you even put in mind for me um, where calls maybe haven't worked for people but who are deafblind but they could use a Braille um, that, because it's text entry potentially then it opens up BYIs a little bit more to that community as well. That's right. Yeah, interesting. Mm-hmm. 
That's great. I think that's a, a great place to end. Um, so I just want to say thank you very much, uh, Mike and Hans, again, for joining me today on the Apple Viz Extra. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks again to Hans and Mike for joining me today. And thank you for listening. I'll talk to you in the next one. Applevis podcast has been brought to you by the community of applevis.com for the latest in resources and tips and tricks to get you the best experience from your Apple device. Visit www.applevis.com.